0: Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host Tom Gerrard. This week I'm sitting down with London based artist Pref. How are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. It's good to uh catch up in person and do this.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's good to be here.
0: Thank yeah. you. No worries. It's been a um, long time between uh catch ups for you and I.
1: Yeah. Was it London last time?
0: Yep. Uh, yep. It would have been two thousand and thirteen.
1: Maybe Shucks' his birthday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so what brings you to Australia? Wonder Walls. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same thing that brought you here, I guess. Well, oh, no. not originally, but to uh, Wollongong. Yeah. 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 So it's here just for Wonder Walls. Yeah.
0: And how's that been for you? Amazing.
1: Fucking great festival. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It's been great. I and mean, It's so impressive all the murals here and stuff. You know, it's uh,
0: yeah, really cool. Yeah. Good
1: hot weather. Yeah, it has bit been of, hot. Bit of summer in my winter.
0: <laughs> it's a good way. I forgot it was a uh, middle of winter for you. Yeah, I'm gonna go home with some
1: sunburn. It's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> English style. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, it's massive wall you've been painting. Yeah, it was good to um go and go with you this morning and get some uh, finished photos. Yeah,
1: so yeah. So not bigger than it looked in the the picture from from Simon. You know, because obviously we we'd seen the wall way in advance, but. Yeah, when we got there, it was like, well, okay, it's actually pretty big. Yeah, it's the biggest one I've done, biggest one we've done together, mm. me and Gary,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah, so you were doing a, um, yeah, collaboration with Gary, he's also a UK-based artist. Yeah. Like, um you've done a few with him now, haven't yeah. you? How did all that come about? Um, well, obviously, I've known him for a while,
1: and um, we... Uh, he had the opportunity to do a, a show at a Stolen Space gallery in, in London and he, I guess he was, had the idea to maybe share it with somebody else and we have a kind of similar approach to some things, I guess we're both type-based, so maybe he thought it would be a good fit. And so we started to work on that together and, and for the for the show we decided to do a big wall to kind of, I don't know, promote it a bit, I guess, or try and get some kind of, You know, content around not just the um, the gallery works themselves, and we're both quite organised people. We're both quite, uh, yeah. I guess that's part of the reason why it works well together is because we're kind of quite organised and efficient. So we we did a lot of other stuff outside of the actual the works we were exhibiting. We did all kinds of bits and pieces basically, and the wall was one of them. And it just worked so well. The kind of um, you know the organic nature of how we yeah we worked together we just kind of continued Basically, mm. it was a yeah so it was from that so from doing the show and we did that one wall and then you know we had another opportunity and so yeah that was October last year and we've
0: done yeah
1: six or seven big walls since sort of,
0: yeah cool yeah yeah it was interesting uh, listening to you guys um, you know talk about your mural I was asking Gary about it while you were up the um, up the boom getting photos this yeah. morning and he was saying that you've um, you've sort of learnt uh, developed a process together that really works. Yeah. Well, when you first started, it was more like this is my section, that's your section, yeah. and both. Uh, whereas now you you work as a, a team and just treat it all as one big art piece. Yeah. But um, like when when designing, like how do you work out who does which part? Well, we we it's the the wording obviously comes
1: first, and we do two words usually. Well, we all, we have done up to now. There's always two elements. There's a there's you know either his word and my word or something he'll do and something I'll do so we des- actually design those separately and usually because of the, the nature of my stuff it's always about layering and like going on top of stuff so he'll usually start with something so if we're like word life for example um, from, from uh, the mural we've just done he was interested in doing the word word and so he started with that and then I sort of did something to sort of um, interact with that but with The Word Life, one in particular, we had a, an idea that we wanted it to be a bit like a flag in some ways, because it's kind of, we wanted it to be quite bold and kind of iconic and that's why we chose the red and the blue, we wanted it to be quite classic and it's kind of like a little bit of a, you know, it represents kind of what we're about in a lot of ways, you know, we we focus purely on typography and the work we make is purely about type. So Word Life was like, yeah, we've had it in the kind of in in reserve for a while, waiting for the right time to do it. And it just felt like this was a great opportunity. And so, yeah, the whole flag thing. So in that respect, he designed the word, but I knew that what I was going to be doing was going to kind of be a bit like a flag. We'd kind of decided that before. It wasn't like, ta-da, here, I've done a bit that looks like a flag. So it's really a collaborative sort of approach right from the beginning it's a shared idea and concept and then we design our separate bits you know on our own but in in accordance with what we've kind of decided and then put them together uh, at the end you know um, on the computer or whatever it is via a sketch and then the process of actually putting it on the wall is that he'll usually sketch up his bit and I sketch up my bit but then we paint it all in together a bit like a printer we just go from left to right and work on each other's it's not really about our own bits then, like you were saying, as, as he probably mentioned, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, we just kind of stand there and just paint it all, all in together, which is partly how it kind of, it works well in a mm. way.
0: Yeah. Great. Like I've seen you, um, work with full sentences yeah. in the past yeah. and like with a lot of your solo work and yeah, you know, but now I've seen you work with like just two words as mm. well. Do you find it it's um, stronger to only use two words? I found that when
1: people can read it, it's it works it has a lot more impact. And sometimes that's I guess that's the only downside of the more complex stuff I do on my own is that it takes a little bit longer for it to sort of sink in or whatever. So the the two words helps it to be more yeah more direct. Um, but also because there's two of us, it just it just works well. I guess for the collaborative stuff and then the stuff I do on my own, I can you know goes to town, I guess, and do, you know, more, more layers or whatever. Mm.
0: Yeah. And you've got a, um, like a great eye for putting colors together. In um, my opinion anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you like, um, do you put a lot of thought into your color selection? I feel I struggle with it. Yeah. From, from my point of view,
1: I find it really difficult. Um, and a lot of it, as you will know from, from painting graffiti, is just, necessity whatever paint you have it's not always that you can choose whatever colors you want and quite often the colors you're seeing but they're the only color I have four cans of or you know so it's really like still that sort of graph thing where it's just make do with whatever so um, it's always been a bit of that in the past and in, in, in the past I've also experimented a lot more with like trying to put really ugly colors together or you know, that's something Relay was doing and we were sort of trying to do like the, the ugliest sort of colorways you can possibly think of, which is quite fun. And then, yeah, I don't know. And recently I've just been trying to do stuff that's much more classic, I guess, and sticking to like really like simple classic colors, red, white, black, yellow, and less more, I don't know, like in the early days of, You know, back in the day, you'd you'd want the colours you couldn't buy in the car, paint colours, you know, like turquoise, pink, all those things you just wouldn't paint your car with. So, like, growing up, you could get, you know, light blue, red, blah, blah, blah. But those hot colours, the Miami kind of colours were the the Holy Grail in some respects. So I've always used those colours because they were like, I don't know, that was...
0: The special ones. The special
1: ones, yeah. And so recently I've just tried to kind of, especially when I've been trying to move away from the graffiti kind of aesthetic, I've been trying to make stuff that's more kind of iconic and more classic and more bold. So I'm just going back to trying to strip things back and go back to just like red, black, white. And not even like I'm trying to restrict my palette, but I just find when it's too like fancy or too kind of whatever, then yeah, I don't... I just, it feels too much like that old graph kind of approach, I guess, in some ways. Um, yeah, and then things like green, I now have a problem with green. I find it like really hard to, and I'd never use it. And I have a whole shelf full of all kinds of different greens, and I'm just like, oh, I can't, how do I use this? What do I what do I put it with? So I think, yeah, it's kind of
0: evolves a bit, but yeah. Yeah, green's a tough color to, to match. Yeah. Because it, like, if you put a whole bunch of greens together, they, they look almost like different colors. Like, I'm not saying like, like I know they're the same color, but like, I don't know. Some of them are just really, really different like pops to them. It can be very close to yellow
1: or very close to brown too. I
0: think in that spectrum, but,
1: um, it's hard to, it's hard to, I mean, I have used it in the past, but I just, at the moment I'm finding it tricky to, to work in and sort of within with that classic kind of theme.
0: Mm. So you, all, like, you also have like a transparency technique that you yeah. work with a lot? Yeah. Like, was that hard to get your head around that?
1: No, not really. Not really. A lot of people thought that I was doing it on Photoshop, you know, with a multiply layer or whatever and, and working it like that and then working the colors, but it never was. And actually it wasn't until a couple of years after that I tried it on the computer you know, by just putting something over and clicking multiply and it's wrong. It's not, it's not how my pieces have been. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So it's, it was just, yeah, just about choosing a darker shade of each one and trying to get the same sort of, um, the same, you know, every color has to be the same darkness, I guess, and just trying to do it that way. Cool.
0: So, you've never used like those tech cans or anything like that? Oh, there's transparency. Yeah.
1: No, people ask if it's transparency too. I mean, maybe there's something in trying that, but it's tricky to use that stuff because you can't go over it more than once. It goes darker. Mm. But that's the kind of illusion. When you get the tones right, it looks like an illusion. Like it, it sort of clicks into place. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of fun of it, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to get that.
0: Some people love that, those um, transparency cans. I can't stand them
1: yeah i never i tried it once <laughs> back in the day on something i think it's good if you're doing bits of drop shadow it can be really effective because mm. it looks obviously real the shadow looks real but it's nothing you can't do with normal bit of black yeah
0: it's um i remember when i was living in barcelona I used to have people come and stay with me all the time and you know they'll finish their trip they would have all their leftover paint and go, <laughs> here you go tom thanks for, thanks for taking me around no. and and so many times i get caught out like out painting and think i've got a can of black oh. and then just start to outline i go oh, oh no. who bought the transparency can <laughs> so i didn't think i'd painted with any guys that use this stuff but um yeah yeah drive me crazy though yeah it's <laughs> not, i think it'll it's yeah
1: i think maybe if you do photo real stuff it's useful because you can get different yeah. colored transparency now too I, like. oh yeah
0: everything's got its um place but yeah. um yeah. I just found it was just frustrating me. I think that's where my, um, hate for those cans come from yeah. is like getting caught out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Yeah. Now I want to try and just use transparency and trying to see what you can do with that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. So how do you, um, like, how do you approach like painting one of your pieces? Do you, like, do you mock it up on the computer? I know you said you don't do the transparencies mm. and stuff like that, but as far as like, um, just working out composition and everything like that. Um, yeah, people are often surprised, but I don't draw
1: any of my pieces before. I never sketch anything at all. I, don't, I never draw in general. I just find that I don't have time. And I know I've been listening to you talking about sketching and on your podcast, and it has inspired me to you know, want to one day pick up the sketchbook and start drawing. I know it would be helpful, but I just find I don't have the time, really. I'm busy, and it's not something I get into the habit of doing at home. I'm... I'm I work quite long days at the studio and when I come home I like to separate that and just spend time there and not be like half doing work there or whatever so yeah I got into the habit of just not drawing and I just don't ever sketch any of my pieces I I think of the wording as the most important thing so I'll be thinking all week about kind of words that I want to paint and in my head thinking of you know what technique I might want to do to layer those words because obviously different wording lends itself to different layering kind of techniques that I may have tried or may do so it's just like that and then I just pick the colors that match up with whatever I've decided to do in my head in terms of the layering and the wording and then do it there on the day and the other thing is that I always found whenever I had a sketch back in the day I'd always struggle to make the work look like the sketch you know and I think the sketch works well in that you know scenario and then you try and put it on the wall and you're just it sometimes it's a completely different thing so it's a couple of things really one it's that and so i like to react to i like to react to the space you know i like to paint a lot of like abandoned places and stuff and quite often you don't know what you're going to be painting or where so that i like to react and respond to that and then the other thing is just i like the surprise of of going home at the end of the day and having a photo of something that i would never have imagined i mean it's quite often i change the wording when i'm in front of the piece or a lot of other times, I haven't been able to decide what I'm going to write, and I'll be like pacing up and down, and everyone's started sketching up, and I still have no idea what words I'm going to paint. Or I'm asking somebody, what what words am I going to do? And I already kind of know the layering I want to do that day, so I've got the paint in my bag to do that sort of layering. I just need to fit the wording in. So, the joy at the end of the day of having a photo of something where you're just like, wow, like I would never have imagined that, and also. Sometimes you imagine how the words layer up in your head, but actually the fun of how the... I mean, that part of the, the most fun for me is enjoying how the words interact once you put them on top of each other, and you can't plan that. If I was sketching it out, I might be able to, but I like the spontaneity of, you know, you put one word on top of the other and it makes a kind of new thing, you know, in a way. And So I enjoy that, just being able to just be free to just allow that to happen as it as it happens. So, yeah, it's a big part of my practice, especially in the graffiti, is just not ever sketching anything and just letting it kind of happen. And obviously I'm working with Sorry. really straightforward um, letter forms. You know, that's... It's really simple stuff. We all know what basic letters look like. And so I just roll with that. I'm not trying to be typographically correct. I'm not trying to match it to a typeface or anything like that. I just do you know, simple basic letters and I allow the complexity to come from how they interact and overlap
0: basically. So you can just, so you can just paint fonts out of your head. Yeah. And even distort them and everything like that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, but they're not fonts though. That's the thing. They're not like, they're not typographically correct. You know, um, I'll mix uppercase and lowercase and like, I don't, I'm not trying to do like, Serifs or particular—I st- just keep it as basic and as simple as like possible, basically. And I like—I say I like the complexity to come from how they interact, rather than trying to make it too much too typographically correct. And that's partly why working with Gary works so well because he's very precise and very exact. And although I work with typography in the same way, mine's always the opposite mine's much freer and much looser and that's kind of why the two things go quite well together and there's always that contrast in the stuff we do His is very as he does it you know superhuman straight lines and i just like let it wobble let it you know move and whatever and it. so that's another reason why that sort of they work together in that way
0: mm. yeah he, he is bloody clean isn't yeah. he like i remember years ago in brighton he did a um Arrow was showing me some, some photos and Gary did a straight line yeah. on the wall. And then yeah. there was a builder there and he pulled the spirit level out and it was oh. perfect. Yeah. It was really long as well. It yeah. was a really long, perfectly straight line.
1: Yeah, he has a gift. He has an inner compass. You know, I he can tell when something's straight. You know, I'll do a line and he's like, That's not straight or you know, be thinking I've got it sussed in terms of and it's like, nah, and you're like, Wow, yeah, you can't really learn that. It's just like a is it frustrating
0: so, painting with someone like that?
1: Well, it is, but like I said, I'm not trying to compete with that, you know? Mm. And that's why it kind of works, is that my stuff is more wobbly and more free. And that's, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm just not trying to do the same thing. That's mm. sort of why it Why it's not, you know, I, I love it for that. It's a great contrast to my stuff, you know? Mm.
0: Yeah. Like with, um, like with your style, you... Yeah, know, you come from a graffiti background yeah. and you're doing type-based pieces, but you've really got your own, like something unique that's uniquely you. Yeah. Like, um, dude, like I find with a lot of, uh, you know, say like graffiti writers, they try and be different, but yeah. really that's just a, another piece of graffiti. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and same with like portrait artists and this yeah. and that, but I feel that you've really honed it on, on something like unique. Is yeah. that, is, was that like an intention of yours? Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, it's the same with everything that I do. I always, everything that I do, but all the I've always tried to do something different. I mean, that's it's not because I'm trying to be different, but it's just that's what interests me. Um, a lot of writers, in particular, are happy to kind of do the same thing over and over, and that was never, never something that interested me. I mean, I'd always, even when I was doing really traditional graph, I'd always try and mix it up a bit. And now, like every, you know, I even stopped writing. My name over and over because I wanted a bit more um, variation and a bit, you know, I wanted it to be different. But really, it, it came, part of it came from, you know, like back in the day when you'd paint a production with somebody and somebody would always be like, oh, I like the face, you know, I like the character or whatever. And I, I can never draw those, I'm not terrible at drawing, I can't draw that kind of stuff. But I always was interested in that idea of letters and typography being able to achieve that thing where you'd have a member of the general public be like oh that's interesting I quite like that so I was always that taking it back to normal letter shapes that everybody could read was like a really conscious thing to try and you know broaden the appeal to like your your normal to try and get that kind of response from somebody who might say oh I like the face and then they could say oh I like that you know they, you have to stop and kind of look at it And so it came from that. But even the stuff I was doing before, the multi-word layer stuff, I've always tried to make that different. They maybe weren't as successful or, you know, weren't as different in the same way. But, yeah, the layering word thing just suddenly had a lot of legs and a lot of... I'm not saying I'll, I'll be doing it forever. And, in fact, another important part of the approach is not to be precious about something if something's working and it's good, I won't just like stick with it and hammer away. I'll always try something else, throw it out, you know, do something completely different next time. You know, I do a piece that does, you know, people are like, oh, I really like that piece or whatever. And the next time I do a piece, I'll do something completely different. It's important not to be too precious about something because you think, well, I got to this stage by trying something different. And so if I stop doing that, I'm going to sort of end it all so I'm always interested in you know I don't know what I'll be doing next year but I'll be doing something different and it'll be hopefully a good progression I don't know you can never be successful all the time but it's definitely another thing that I'm interested in it's sort of keeping it fresh keeping it moving doing something new I don't want it to get old I don't want it to be like oh, another one of those pieces you know. Oh, you know so it's always and the day that I feel that the layering thing has reached a point where it's becoming boring for me and I've exhausted every sort of possibility, then I'll stop and I'll do something else. I'll just carry on, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a journey, isn't it? You know, Mm. like any, any creative thing and you're just keeping going and moving, evolving and
0: Mm. yeah. Yeah. When you first, um, painted, painted your first like layered type piece, was it like a light bulb moment? Yeah definitely was well it started it was
1: really organic I, it, back in the day I used to paint the negative space between the letters that's how it started yeah I remember and i so I was like what about if you don't paint the letter but you make the space in between like a letter so I'd take the negative space between like an R and an E and I'd paint that and I'd give that an outline and a 3D as its own shape so I was treating the, the in between bits like letters and then one day I was just like well what about if that was a letter mm. as well Mm. And so I did a piece that said pref, and then it said idiots behind it, and that was the first one because I already had the structure there for it to be a shape. But I used to just do bubbles at the top and the bottom. And then I was just like, well, it could just be an R. Like what? What? What the hell? And so I just did that, and then from there, obviously, then you start thinking, well, hold on, you could make the background a letter as well. So I started, you know, and it was a it was a slow evolution. It wasn't just like one day I woke up and I was like oh I'm going to do a transparency thing it was like that was two years after I'd done the first layered thing mm. you know I was messing around with that for a while and, and 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 in the beginning as well I was always interested in. I wanted it to still have that energy and attitude of graffiti I still wanted it to be like I wanted to be able to paint with my my friends and for it to still feel like graph but to be different mm-hmm. and to have this new thing and um Now I'm just trying to, you know, just as an evolution thing to step away from that too, because also it broadens the, the appeal. That was, you know, another thing. So slowly, bit by bit, it's been like a slow evolution. It hasn't Mm -hmm. been like a sort of, it has, it was a light bulb moment, that first thing, but it's been, you know, slow progression ever since and before already.
0: So I was scrolling through your um, Instagram the other day, Mm -hmm. and I noticed that you'll, you'll work on like, you'll have a style and a way of, doing your your pieces yeah and then you'll do like three or four in that sort of yeah. style and then just move on and yeah. just create a completely different one yeah are they um are you just like freestyling it or yeah and constantly just thinking of different ways of i'll have kind of a doing thought it? about it and i'll mm. be like
1: oh i know what i can do i can try it like that and then mm. i'll try it and it'll work and you know what sometimes it doesn't work mm. a lot of times not having a sketch and not having too much of a plan means that you you know you paint something terrible and it doesn't always work and that's fine that's part of the kind of thing but yeah I'll do that and then sometimes I'll look back and I'll be like oh I remember when I did that I can throw that in the mix with this now you mm-hmm. know and then you've got like so I've got like a whole I, keep, I always do look back and I'm like oh I'll try because if you notice I'll do like oh you know like the angled letter thing and I'll be like oh but I could try the angled letter thing with this thing you know and then you've got a new thing and that brings something else and you're like oh but that was interesting I'll try that and then I'll mix it with a bit of this or you know have a completely new idea Like, scrap all of that let's try something completely new and just a new tangent you know um
0: yeah yeah because it looks like you're um like you know every x amount of weeks or whatever you're like reinventing yourself it's i I know it's just i know how hard that is to come up with ideas yeah when people are looking at a finished product they can go oh yeah i see how he did that or this and that it's like to come up with a fresh idea is oh, it's so hard. Yeah. It's harder than painting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other thing about it. it's all of my work, even the design work and stuff I do. I think this probably comes a lot from graphic designers. the, it's the concept first. I don't set out to have a particular aesthetic. I don't look at other stuff that looks like my work. I'm not seeking out typographic stuff. It's not, I'm not really interested in a final aesthetic. I like to start with an idea. And once the concept there, like oh, I'm going to try, you know, bending the letters round to make another letter. That sort of starts as, a, as an idea in my head. It's not something that I've visually imagined. And then you you paint it, and it sort of has an aesthetic just mm. because that's a byproduct of the idea. So all of my approaches like that, I don't really think, oh, it'd be great to look like this kind of work or look like that kind of work. It's just like okay, start with the idea and just do it, and then whatever it looks like, it kind of looks like, and it's a very I don't know if it's an insecure thing because I'm just always know that there's a solid idea behind it. I don't have to, you know, maybe it comes from not being able to draw very well or not being able to draw a nice picture, you know, from scratch without anything. I just depend on the idea to rely on that to. I don't have to think about that so Mm. much. I just, I know if I'm starting from an idea, it's just about the idea and it's, you know, solid for that reason in some way.
0: Yeah. So with your, um... You know love of type and letters like did that come from a graphic design background that you got yeah I think so yeah I think so yeah and how like how did you get into design and everything um I mean i I was always drawing
1: and stuff obviously as a kid it's so like a bit of a cliche but like uh, that was my thing and quite early on at school I was never very good at the more academic subjects. I wouldn't describe myself as a particularly academic person. I'm not great at like the sciences and the maths and all that stuff. So from really early on, I I knew that I was just going to do something creative, art or design or whatever. And actually when I was doing my art foundation course after I left school, you know, you, you basically spend a year trying different things and then you get to sort of final and something concentrate on something for the last two weeks that you've tried that you really enjoy and actually I chose at the end to um sort of find concentrate on sculpture because I loved art at school and because I only did art and design for my a-levels I had a few free periods and I would take myself to the art galleries during my time off and fell in love with like conceptual art you know really conceptual stuff because I'd just be like why have they why have you put three basketballs in a in a fish tank full of water like what does what are you what does that i just i was just so fascinated by what that means and what that was trying to do and i had a great teacher at school a guy called mr shearer who was like a conceptual artist who came to teach art a level or whatever and i remember him describing it to me as a bit of a language you know like once you sort of are seeing things in that way you sort of it's like a visual language and that to me was like really interesting i didn't understand it at the time but i was really just wanted to sort of get to the bottom of of that in some ways Mm. so for the end of my, um, so I decided to sort of finalise in sculpture and I went over to the fine art department to start my sculpture course and it was like they were all in like porter cabins which are like sort of makeshift kind of huts you can sort of plop down and it was full of like the fine art students you know, and it was like super messy and like gross and I was just like no this is not me like I'm not I can't do this. This is too messy for me. Like This is not my scene at all. So I went to uh, design communication and they did some typographic sort of, not test, but like exercises, I guess, where you had to cut words out of a newspaper and illustrate them. And I remember just having a lot of fun. And when I'd done that, the teacher took my work and took it to show the other teacher and was like this kid was just about to do sculpture for these two weeks like this is graphic design I was like okay this is cool so from there and also there's that thing it's not really something you hear these days but back then it was like well you can always be an artist whenever you want but you want to learn something where you can have a career you know what I mean something where you can earn money so I thought well I, I like this it's clean it's precise so this is my kind of vibe and I'll learn this and then I, that can be my job that sounds great to me so I just I just did that really Mm. from there. So typography is a large part of graphic design and I've never been obsessive about typography. It's I've never been like a huge type buff or whatever, but it's just had been a big part of my work life. And then eventually, yeah, I guess it went into my graffiti and then the graffiti informs the, the graphic design. Now it's all big mix up.
0: Yeah. 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 I like what you're saying. You go to the, um, the uh, exhibitions and stuff on your your break because it reminds me of when I was living in London and I was working in the you know in the center of London and have a lunch break and just go around the galleries. I'd do it all the time. Yeah, and um, I even went to um like the National Gallery of Victoria the other day, and there was you know a lot of people just flock to the blockbuster exhibitions. Yeah, that, and um, I found that if you go to the, just to see the the free part, the just the, the local the collections. There's usually a lot of really good stuff in there. Yeah. Do you still like um like you go to exhibitions a lot and go around the galleries? Not as much as I'd not as much as
1: I'd like to, mm. just for time. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely.
0: I found that my um my tastes have really changed as well. Mm. Like because I remember going to these like free areas, and you get to like I don't know like I get to like the old Egyptian stuff and and old ruins and that and you, you know as a kid you'd be like boring you know. <laughs> But now I get there and it's like, wow, this is like, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I just find my tastes have changed a lot. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, I go back to these same rooms I've walked, walked through as a kid and felt like I was being dragged on a school excursion or something. And yeah. now I guess my... Go straight to I'm Egypt. Matured. Yeah. 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 I love all that stuff now. Yeah. No, I don't think my taste has changed
1: that much, really. I don't go as much as I'd like to. If, if anything, I find it sort of jeez me up too much get so inspired by seeing stuff there you're just like come on you've got to get home and do this you know so it's it's dangerous you've got to go at the right time
0: yeah i like that though yeah it's great (laughs) it's great i'm always fired up anyway yeah so um so you still work in graphic design as well yeah so what sort of um stuff are you doing um well for a long time for
1: like seven years i had a agency that focused purely on like art direction and graphic design for the fashion industry. So we did everything from like branding to websites to producing photo shoots and that kind of stuff just for fashion brands. So I've done a lot of that. And then recently I've just started a new agency which focuses more on sort of luxury lifestyle stuff, a bit more content and video based for like luxury watch industry and stuff like that. So, um,
0: yeah. Cool. And how do you go about getting all your clients? So these ones that you've built up over years? Yeah, some I've had for a long time and, you know, word of
1: mouth and just, yeah, it's a, yeah, there's no real answer to that, I guess. (laughs) It's just doing it and trying to do it well and trying to uh, be reliable, I guess, and easy to work with is a good bit of advice.
0: Mm. So you 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 like also worked in fashion and stuff, yeah, haven't you? Like yeah. working for Ralph Lauren and then having yeah. your own clothing label. Yeah, that's
1: right, yeah. I um Yeah, actually, after I finished school, I went straight... You know, and some people... Like school when you're 18, kind of like secondary school or whatever. Some people go on a gap year or whatever and go traveling. And I just went straight from school to do my art foundation for a year because I just wanted to go straight into it and then after that I took a year out between my foundation and my degree and I I started doing like clothing with a another friend at the time and we were selling them in in Topshop they used to have like a concession in the Oxford Circus store downstairs where you could manage your own area basically and bring clothes in as and when and you'd get paid at the end of the week and yeah so we did that for a little while we used to do the Portobello market as well which was cool with the same sort of stuff so yeah I did that and then actually after the year, I went back to the course director and I said, "Look I'm doing this. it's going really well. Can I wait another year so I actually waited another, it's a, it's not it's a school year, so it's not like a full year and then I went after that, and then I started my degree mm-hmm.
0: yeah so have you always been um you know sort of self employed like always you know doing carving your own path
1: um Pretty much.
0: I mean, when I graduated, eventually
1: after uni, I started working for a fashion magazine, and I designed that for uh, four years or so. Um, So yeah, I mean, but because of the nature of the the uh, frequency of the magazine would be like biannual, so you'd have like a month of intense production design time, and then a month off to kind of do your own thing. So I was freelancing in that time, working at other magazines or doing bits and bobs of my own stuff. So I've always had time to sort of create my own stuff. And then after that, I went to a normal graphic design job. I did that for two years, like nine to five, like regular stuff. And I, it was okay. I think if you had a good job at a good studio, or if I had had taken a good job at a good studio, I would maybe be in a different place now. But I was fortunate enough to work with these two photographers there. We were working on a sort of campaign for a, fashion brand together through that agency and we were doing everything between the three of us and one of them was doing retouching and stuff so we just thought we could do this on our own so we we together we we made a company together and we worked together for like five years Mm. doing that so yeah since since then really i've yeah been completely self-employed and i think i would fight tooth and nail to to keep it that way now really I, i don't think i'd do full-time I wouldn't be here for a start you know mm-hmm. I like to have the you have the freedom to be able to manage my time and my clients and my work sort of as I see fit and I think it's a hard thing to go back on once you're doing that you know I think it would have to be a really like necessity like okay I need to get a job now because things are f- Contents up
0: yeah yeah I know what you mean like once you go self-employed you can't go back yeah
1: but yeah. even you were saying you know the other night you know that thing of like once you have to make a living from it yeah, you do you make it work mm-hmm. you know what I mean you always say oh if I ever need to you know get a job in a bar or whatever even a graphic design job I will but usually you don't have to because you, you don't want that so you make yeah. it work somehow. exactly yeah
0: Yeah. And, um, people underestimate how resilient humans are as well. Yeah. Like it's, you know, we're pretty tough. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's, (laughs) there's been plenty of times where there's been like no money in my account. Yeah. You know, back to zero plenty Mm. of times. Yeah. But, uh, it hasn't been that bad that I wanted to take a job again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so like getting back to the, you know, your prep work, Mm. like if you go, um, Any desires to make a name for yourself in the gallery space? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've started doing... I mean, that was part of the reason why
1: um, me and Gary did that show together. I'd started making artworks sort of a year or two before. And I started developing this sort of technique of cutting and paper. All the works that I exhibited there was like this technique I'd developed over two years of basically cutting a piece of paper, a large piece of paper up, by sort of into. I don't know with a stat with a scalpel very precisely and painting it and then putting it all back together so I'd make these large pieces which were still all one piece of paper that had been cut up and painted put back together whatever but yeah so I'm working on that and I've been working on other bits and bobs since so it is definitely part of my my practice at the moment and I do hope to be able to do a lot more with that definitely
0: mm. and like because you've sort of started it, you know you've created an identity for yourself outside of your graphic design are you like open to like um run that as a business as well like in sort of work do work for brands or anything like that or are you exclusively just no i mean mean, at
1: the moment it's 50 percent of my income the prep stuff Mm -hmm. whether it's painting offices or doing brand collaboration stuff or i mean i'm lucky enough to get asked to do bits and bobs that keep me Keep me busy alongside the the design work, which is great. It's, I mean, only in the last couple of years really is it starting to really sort of take shape. But now I'm just as busy doing press stuff as I am doing my graphic design stuff, which is great. And I, I love being able to do both. You know, it's very. I've always kept those two worlds really separate. Like a lot of the people I work with are not related to, you know, my graph stuff whatsoever. And most of the people don't even know that I do painting. I feel like. The graph stuff really undermines the graphic design, art direction stuff. I don't know if that's a, a personal thing that it's not really true, but I just, when I'm being an art director or a graphic designer, I want to be that. Mm. I don't want it to, for people to be thinking, oh, it's just, you know, it does graffiti or whatever. Um, yeah, it's probably not true, but whatever. Yeah, I like to keep things separate, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Do you, like, do you think it's hard to make a living as an artist in London? well it's so expensive
1: just to live I mean I pay for you know a studio rent as well as a rent where I live and that's if you know that's an impossible task as it is so yeah sometimes I'm not sure how how you manage but I guess if you're an artist and you're making art it's not really you don't meet many artists who do it for the money so you just yeah I guess like we were saying you get by I mean wherever you live it's a great city to be in in terms of making connections and
0: having galleries and stuff around. So it's,
1: it's a, it's a, it's worth the struggle, I think. But mm. yeah, it's very tricky.
0: Cause mm. so I remember years ago when I was living there, I was trying to build my name up within, you know, in the art scene and everything. Mm. And I, I had a few mates who were, were making it, you know, making it happen, but they were struggling as well. And one of the things I kept saying to me was, you know, you get these big opportunities in London to, yeah, you know, something will come along where it's like a, a big gig, and they'll always like just look outside of London and get someone from Spain or France or right. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and and to paint these big walls or do or do some sort of job. Mm-hmm. And um, they said it was really tough because uh, you know, Europe's on the doorstep and there's so many international artists just sitting there. Um, that like the the locals were finding it hard to to uh, get the good gigs. Yeah is that do you find that to be the case at all?
1: I think there's always stuff room for stuff that's good mm. you know what i mean it's easy to get overlooked but it's hard excuse these days cuz social media is such a powerful tool for getting exposure on your work you know what i mean mm. and i think if you're good it will it will work mm. um i think a, a, a lot of mediocre i mean I'd sometimes yeah i mean Who knows? I think also that we're lucky to have street art and graffiti as a background because you've almost got, like, a market there that's not as oversaturated as if I was trying to just be a regular portrait artist or something. Mm -hmm. Like, where do you even begin to stand out with something like that? It's like, I would feel really daunted by that prospect, and that's why I've found it really difficult, the idea of trying to pick up a paintbrush and paint, like, normal paintings, because I think, well... so many people have been doing this incredibly for thousands of years like how could i ever try and compete on this level like i can't to me i just you know it's quite nice to have a niche and somewhere where you can actually have some rules that you can break and have some rules that you can try and you know break to stand out it's a little bit easier it's a little bit of a smaller kind of community and also like you were saying there's loads of people in the rest of europe who are filling that gap but there aren't that many people from the uk actually stepping over from the graph world into the art world and doing it well in that way i mean there are obviously a few but not as many as you know in some other countries or that you you know you would know from the rest of the world mm.
0: so yes yeah, it's, it's quite nice yeah that. so like um right like, do you have any uh up and coming projects or plans um, I have a really exciting
1: project I worked on this year for a, a well-known skateboard brand that I have coming out next year, which is I'm s- super excited about. Two pro decks that are, and some apparel and stuff that I've been doing, which is which is great. Um, Can you say or I'm not allowed to say? I can't say yet. Okay. Because okay. I'll jinx it. Okay. It won't happen. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, the, the design's all done and that's in the bag and. Um, what else have I got coming up? Uh, yeah, some more trips away. I've got some more big walls with Gary planned for next year. And, uh, what else? Yeah. More, more design stuff, more painting. Yeah. That's
0: about it. Cool. So if, uh, people want to check out your work, where's the best place for them to see? Pref underscore ID on Instagram. Um, um, I have a website that I haven't updated
1: for two years. <laughs> like lots of other people, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the Instagram's just the best place at the moment,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it just um, you know your your paintings on there, or is you going in design work or anything like that? Um,
1: yeah, like I, because I keep everything so separate. Um, that's just all my pref-related stuff. Okay. And all the other bits are elsewhere.
0: No. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been, it's been really good to catch up. Yeah. Thank you. No Thank no you very much. All righty. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you will find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also, follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.